Hi, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we'll be discussing the eighth and final episode of The Mandalorian Season 3. But before that, uh, hi, my name is Hayden. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at taika.ytd and on Twitter on Instagram at mcuytd. Uh, And my brainworm of the week is... (sighs) Pink in the night Han Valance. Well, pretty much just Han Valance all the way through because they literally have not left my mind. Also, I posted the final chapter of me and my friend Julia's collab on AO3 and you should go read it. It's called, my um, my tag is Valance Enjoyer. And the fic is called Reminiscence Therapy, which is a play on the song Reminiscence Therapy from the solo soundtrack. So yeah, they've they've just been up here. They they have not left my mind. Han Valance, my beloveds. <sighs> Emily, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Emily. Pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok at Stardust M. And on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Stardust M. My frameworn of the week is uh, possessing no measurable amount of intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) So coupled with fatherless behavior, shame (laughs) on you. (laughs) My fatherless behavior and being ashamed of myself. (laughs) And rotting for eternity. And committing the greatest sin. You can't forget that Mm -hmm. either. Oh, so true. So true. Oh my god. And like I said in the comments, good thing I'm not Catholic anymore. That doesn't affect me. (laughs) Apparently lots of devout Catholics. I I forgot that part of the Bible. (laughs) The the part of the Bible where loving... Ray Skywalker is a sin. Is a sin. The 11th commandment is actually thou shalt not rank Ray Skywalker above <laughs> Maul in the Star Wars tier ranking list. Oh my god. Um, Liv, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> sure. Hi, I'm Liv. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me everywhere at Olivia Madala. Um, what is my brainworm of the week? That's a really good question because my brain worm has actually been the exact same thing since April 6th, which I already said last week, which is Kira. So, um, so true. I, I, I don't even, I don't have anything to say for you myself. You could say right where you left me, Kira. Yeah, but I pretty much said that last week as well. <laughs> what, what's your the Kira, quote that, Your um... Kira comic shrine now, <laughs> signed by Charles Soule. <laughs> what what song is it where it's like give me back my girlhood it was mine first or would have just like should have but that... that's also a really good that's more yeah. kira oh, and Dryden. Gonna... yeah i'm gonna add that to my kira playlist actually <laughs> yeah that's a very kira dryden yeah we're making uh, what was the other one? Oh, to keep with the mitski theme um mm-hmm. Drunk walk home, Kira. Oh yeah, the 
let me let me find the lyrics because I I was listening it to it the other day being like this is how I feel right now and then I was like oh this is this is Kira this is a this is a Kira thing um okay so it, the st- the song starts with I'll I will retire to the Salton Sea at the age of 23 for I'm starting to learn I may never be free and but though I may never be free fuck you and your money I'm tired of your money that's that's oh, her yeah. too that's that's, that, that's her yeah anyways I'll stop now <laughs> oh life uh, is hell <laughs> in this post hidden empire world <sighs> anyway <laughs> what happened this week of note does anybody have anything Star Wars related? Anything related, really? God. I don't know. Go read my comments. <laughs> oh my God. We haven't talked about this at all. Paolo was leaving Bounty Hunters. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. When I tell you, I was. Okay, but he's going to Miss Marvel. I know. I know. But like, that's what makes it hard because yeah that's what makes so it hard because i know that his his carol is going to be amazing that the did he he did the hellfire no that book? was jen bartell oh that's okay yeah but still brie larson if you're hearing this please please wear that to a marvel's premiered please please, please brie <laughs> for the girls brie <laughs> like listen I'm happy for my Marvel friends because like the first thing I I thought of when he announced that he was going to Captain Marvel, I was like, oh my gosh, yay, he's getting more work. But then he announced he was leaving Bounty Hunters. After 34. 34, which is the next issue. And you know what? When he posted the script for 34 on Instagram, I was like, something is happening and I don't think it's good. And I think we talked about it and we were like, if this means what I think it means... And they were like, oh, no, he's okay. But yes, it did. <laughs> I you know who's taking over. No. Yet. So oh. the next, so 35 and 36 are Lan Medina. And then there's an- another person for 37. Let me double check. I think it was like just released this week. Yeah. Uh, just a second. Bounty Hunter. Not the scary hyper-realistic guy not it's not LaRocca LaRocca, okay Um, there is a LaRocca variant of bounty hunters which scares me so could you imagine if he him doing balance no I would find him I would find him myself he just asked like even who do you think like balance is and he's just like tracing Carl Urban's face like the boys screen caps (laughs) yeah the artist for 37 is David Tinto. But we don't okay. know who is the like they haven't next, announced like a... reoccurring yeah. artist. Mm. Okay. So like happy for you guys. I definitely didn't cry for an hour and a half and start crying whenever I saw the bounty hunters issues on my wall. Uh I'm behaving totally normal about this news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And but that I mean, means the that we don't get Villanelli Boba back either because Boba's supposed to be coming back at 35. Mm. However, Marco Cacato is doing the covers for that. We got Cacato ballads. I've been asking for it for as long as I can remember. Scrub he's very, very sexy. Thank you, Marco. You are holding Bella's Nation on your back right now. <laughs> I also feel like I need to personally approve how this new artist is going to draw Valance because I can't have a Raphael Yanko happen again. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Is that deusified Valance? Yes, yeah. that's deusified Valance with the tech hairline. Old man Valance. Old man Valance. <laughs> Who then suddenly de-aged 20 years in the next issue. <laughs> no, he de-aged Being like with the Empire, years. literally. <laughs> Being with the Empire just takes it out of him. It really does. Oh my god, I have to get a side-by-side comparison of his time in that series. Because it it's just all over the place. <sighs> anyway, he's congratulations. Like hot, right? Hmm? Like, we're supposed to just understand that he's the same age as Han, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I... <laughs> he's just a 35-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, congratulations, Paolo. We are sincerely very happy for you, but we are also very sad. <sighs> um, yeah. Anything else to add? Um. Alyssa Wong has reached literal bestie status oh they've they've reached bestie status (laughs) they've been added to the ranks they they literally sent us a dm about a lounge fly bag (laughs) out of the blue this week um it was like 3 a.m on the east coast and i was sleeping yeah Liv was sleeping and i just had a full-on conversation with them about the haunted carbonite lounge fly and how they're the tiny backpacks are too tiny and they have too much stuff to fit in them. And then I had to wake up and be like, as a lounge fly collector, be like, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, they're fine. So true. Bestie-isms to the max. So, main event time. Chapter 24, The Return. Overall thoughts. Before we get into the nitty gritty. That was a finale episode. It was certainly an episode. That sure was an episode of Star Wars television. (laughs) It was fine. (sighs) It It was fine. We were talking before we started recording and we were like, we are going to get in trouble for this. And yes, yes, we are. Yeah. So let's just jump right in. What do we think about Din in this episode? I just think it's really funny that everyone last week was like, oh, they're going to torture him. They're going to use the mind flayer on him. Like, he's going to be kept captive. Man, they didn't even get to put him in prison. 
they walk down the hallway and he's like, no, I'm done. Bye. <laughs> and he just straight up killed those stormtroopers. So Phantom Menace coded with those doors, though. Yeah. <laughs> but I just I just think it's like funny that-, that the mind flaying thing, it makes sense. I think if they had competent writers, that <laughs> would have been a good idea of what to do. We set it up. Here's the payoff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, is that how storytelling works? <sighs> I can't. In my opinion, he was just there. He was, he was Bo-Katan's little male wife. <laughs> yeah, he was just simply there, in my opinion, this entire season. And we know my thoughts on him, so I was not too upset. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it was weird that, like, it really felt like him getting captured was going to be like a thing. And then he and then just it wasn't. kind of escapes. Ugh. And it's like, oh, okay. It was like, fine. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Din, but also you'll never be Ray and Kylo. You just won't. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <sighs> what, what, why am I even watching a a guard fight if it's not going to have a thigh touch you know so true. Grab, like, what's the point <laughs> oh my god um but i'm i'm happy that he got to like settle down in the end once again yeah. i feel like that's where his arc has been mm-hmm. leading towards but where so is omera think- so true so true we're never seeing her again and I really I don't want to face that but it like it makes me like if I think about it for too long I'll literally like start crying um well at least your name has a place to stay on Navarro now so my favorite I just I just know the fic writers are going crazy with that one They were in the trenches when they got rid of the Razor Crest and moved into that sports car, but they're they're okay now. We're back. We're we're back. Back in business, baby. We're back, bitches. That that whole place is about to be defiled. I was literally just gonna say that. Oh my god. Um. But good for them. They are also, though, back in the trenches because of the Din... The Din Jaren name reveal. Naming convention? Naming convention thing that a lot of people were being super weird about. <laughs> yeah, because, like, here's the thing. Like, I think, like, if that's, like, it's not, like, that's a thing that's based in other cultures, which is, that's fine. But it's a little confusing because... Right, bo Crease, nobody calls her like Catan or Crease. It's it's just a lot. It's just confusing I, with like I feel it's like established. It's inconsistent. Yeah, like, it may come from his like original planet though. It may yeah, that's not true. be a Mandalorian uh, thing. Because mm-hmm. he was old enough to kind of remember his home planet and yeah, probably yeah. what their culture and was. the Death Watch who actually took him away. 
And like the whole theme of Mando is like, you can still retain your culture while being part of a new culture. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like people were just being super weird about it. Like, oh, that's not how it's supposed to go. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And it's, yeah, I was like, that. it's fine. It, is. it was jarring though. Yeah, no, like, I will say is it did jarring. jarring. <laughs> Get out, both of you. <laughs> like, I will say, I was a little surprised when she said Din Grogu, but I was like, oh, okay. Like, it's a thing now. But people were being so, like, weird about it. And someone someone even said, like, why, why wasn't this explained? You don't need an explanation, bestie. <laughs> Oh it just God. is. It just is. I it just was is. expecting Grogu to jar in, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Expect expectations cannot be met, and that's okay. People were also saying that maybe, and like we were talking about, like if it's from his home planet, that it might add to the fact that like Din was specifically the armorer's foundling. Wait. That like she specifically knows him really well if that's like especially if that's like a naming convention from his home planet that like she would yeah. know him well enough to know that that's what he would want for Grogu as well oh my god her milfism is just yeah I'm growing and growing <sighs> long story short it's really, the same I guess thing. we don't know how old she is either they could just no. have been yeah. friends too as children but like <laughs> either way I like that a lot like her, her um Dan and the Arbor kind of being close. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure people won't blow that out of proportion any- anyway. <laughs> Ugh. Weird behavior. Now, speaking of the ending, Baby Yoda and his little freaking mech suit, when he was like, jumping around the light fixtures i was i was dying i can't lie i was giggling profusely that one screenshot of the puppet just (laughs) like i really do think it's so funny how they just they just throw it no because if you if you watch like the old like muppet stuff that's what they do that's what they do if they're jumping in the air they just yeet yeah <laughs> they're just launching him across the room at hypersonic no. speeds <laughs> and it's so funny because like yeah like he's so expressive when like they put the cgi or like they have someone controlling the puppet and then when he's in the air it's just like dead blank, blank. stare as he's like projecting projectile across the room star wars is just silly goofy and like also, can, baby sounds wild he was doing it can we can see, we talk like, about he basically how said thank you did he yeah like at one point like uh someone says something to him and it sounds like he said thank you and i can remember we, being like oh it's so close to can we words. can we talk about how he walked when he they, they they went into the bar like you can literally see his feet going off, up and off the ground i was, I was dying laughing he's pitter pattering <laughs> there you go
Patter. <laughs> the P it's... in Patu stands for pitter patter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Shout out to those puppeteers, man. People were like, oh, those puppeteers should be fired. Those puppeteers should be promoted. Yes. <laughs> no. They are doing an incredible job. I would like to shake each and every one of their hands. <laughs> I love, I love them. Nothing. So no, cute. those puppeteers. I I always think of the video, like the bus, behind the scenes video when they were shooting. Oh, fuck. What episode was it? Episode 14. The one with when Boba gets reintroduced and they're up on the like he's sitting on the seeing stone and uh Robert Rodriguez or the the director's name he has his guitar out and he's playing the guitar and Grogu's just like <laughs> bopping his head dancing along like the puppeteers chef's kiss you, I love you guys, you guys thank you see this selfie with that Abed took with the puppet and no. it's just like the puppet, like the Grogu puppet, like sitting somewhere. And I'm at best took a selfie with him, and it looks like the puppet is mad about Ahmed taking a photo on set. <laughs> oh my I God. did not, but that is hilarious. <laughs> oh, I love that so I honestly, I think the best choice they could have made is making Grogu a practical puppet. Oh yeah. Have you guys the, seen the I picture hate when they do the CGI? version of Grogu. He oh, yeah. like a little freak. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen the do you guys know the story? Okay. So, after the finale of season 1 happened, they released a picture of Taika holding like baby Yoda in his arm and he said he like when he was just like directing on set or whatever, he said he held it because it felt like his kids when they were 6 months old. That's my favorite story about that stupid puppet. And then there's the picture of George Lucas. And that's the my favorite picture ever. <laughs> it's like just a little bit blurry. It's so chaotic. <laughs> it's so chaotic. <laughs> the man I and think, his son. <laughs> you know the you know the the quote from Spy Kids, and it's Steve Buscemi where he goes, "Do you ever think God stays in heaven because he too is afraid of what he created?" That's the exact vibes of that picture. They should start bringing the Grogu puppet to like celebration or like oh, whatever yeah. they have, like photo shoots of like the, any cast of Star Wars and just giving them him to the cast and like seeing what they do with it. <laughs> but I also am imagining Oscar Isaac just immediately punting it. Good for him. What is that interview? What does he say? Kill it, stop it, push it. <laughs> I remember when that interview came out and everyone was going off on him for it. I made a video edit. It's literally four years old. I still think about it to this day. I His hatred of Baby Yoda, he's just like me for real. You are so fake. Because Excuse you every me. week when these episodes come out, you text me and you're like, oh, he's so small. He's just a little guy. He's so I, I did not say he is a little guy. He is a little guy. Here we go. Definition of a little guy. I'm being attacked Objectively on this podcast speaking, he is a yet little guy. Again. I'm not attacking you. I'm telling you the truth. 
Oh, uh, I'm simply rude. repeating things that you have told. Me. I have not said he is a little guy. Well, you're not denying I- the other two. What are the other two? I wasn't paying I'm attention. Not repeating. <laughs> I deny both of those as well. I can go through and I I probably can screenshot things. So go ahead. <laughs> anyway, I once again he was just simply there in this episode when he uses the force to protect that is also boom good for them his parents literally (laughs) (laughs) also i liked when he got jump scared by gideon's clone that made me giggle (laughs) good mean Well, speaking of Baby Yoda's parents, Bo-Katan, I I said this before when we recorded last week, I said it at the beginning of this episode, or this season, I I was pleasantly surprised with how they handled Bo-Katan. Like, I didn't hate it, like at all. And she actually made some really good, impactful character decisions. What do you guys think? Because you're you're the woman expert. No. We're not women experts. We simply just like women. <laughs> we are women. <laughs> Damn, could it be me? Enjoy other women on screen. Women loving women, if you will, but not in that way for M. (laughs) But not that way, but yes, in that way for (laughs) Larry. I I would like to formally apologize to Bo-Katan Kreese because I was, in fact, a Bo-Katan hater last season of The Mandalorian. But it's mostly because she insulted my man, Boba Fett. Um, so true. Which, like, she, she still, she's, she's out of pocket though. for that one. But um, it's a little funny. Now, now I, I see the light, <laughs> and I, I love her, <laughs> and she was really good this season. Especially her wig. Yeah. I, rem- I still yeah. remember. When they showed the first Mando trailer at Celebration at the Studio Showcase, the only thing I could remember was how good her wig looked. <laughs> like, yeah. nothing about, like, the other Mandos or anything. It was just how good her wig looked. I remember I was, like, texting uh, Claire, telling her what happened. And, like, one of the first things that I said was, they fixed her wig. <laughs> yes! I was telling Nova, I think, and I literally said they fixed her wig. I have I have um, to verify this. They fixed her wig and everything else just fell in place. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Like it was a really good arc for her this season. Mm-hmm. Like stepping up, coming together with other Mandalorians that she had like previously disagreed with, uh to standing up against Moff Gideon. Like it was just very solid it felt like a solid culmination of not only her mando arc but but everything her, that came before yeah, like her, her clone, her wars, clone wars and rebel arc yeah minus one thing that i will hit on later but um uh 
it just like it did really feel like this was the story that we had been waiting for mm-hmm. for with Bo. Um, and I'm happy with how it turned out. I was a little surprised. Like I literally out loud when we started this Darcy where I went, oh. <laughs> Because I was like, I, oh, that's it. But I don't I mind like it. it. Yeah. I don't mind I like, it at all. I think, I think that it is supposed to symbolize that the Mandalorians are in a new era. Like, they, Oh, wait, they are we talking about be... the Darksaber? I missed that yeah. part. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I love that they got rid of that shit. Sorry. Like, <laughs> like they destroyed it. So they're, it's like almost a new leaf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they, they finally destroyed this artifact of their past that had been dividing them for so long. And it wasn't destroyed by Bo-Katan or by anybody else. It was destroyed mm-hmm. by the Empire. So that further becomes the rallying point for the rest mm-hmm. of the Mandalorians. And also to the, all the people that are saying they need to do, construct a new Darksaber. No. You, the point right over your head. Like be so Mandalore real wasn't right cursed. The Darksaber was the curse on Mandalore. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I really like it and I don't like I think it's cool when Star Wars does stuff like that to like really like kind of go outside of the status quo um mm-hmm. and mess with it like that's really cool and that and also like that this also like if you like the Darth Saber it's not like this has to be the last time we see it because there's always potential for prequel stories that surround mm-hmm. it always but so complete- like it doesn't have to be the last time but I don't think they, they should rebuild it and I know it proves that like and I think for Bo-Katan like it's so important for her to realize that like she can rule without it it was never about just having the dark saber it was about mm-hmm. herself as mm-hmm. a leader yeah. though I do think it is objectively very funny for Sabine to find out that she had trained <laughs> all that time training. and it just and doesn't exist like- anymore <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> oh <laughs> okay <laughs> but I guess somebody did point out that uh it just means that she was more ready to wield uh Ezra's saber in a sofa. so true so that's it's so still very slay <laughs> so true uh, yeah the people i Everyone says this, but the lack of media literacy in the Star Wars fandom is insane when it comes all time high right now. All time freaking high. Like how I'm thinking of a comparison that I can compare just straight up rebuilding. It's kind of like, uh, how do I word this correctly? It was kind of like giving Kylo back his mask in Rise of Skywalker in a way because at the in the last Jedi he destroyed it because he didn't want to be this part of himself anymore and then he you know he fought the Praetorian guards and then he became supreme leader but just giving him back his helmet like literally in the next movie for no other reason other than it looks cool completely destroys the significance of him destroying it in the first place that's kind of how I felt about the Skywalker lightsaber as well. How yeah. it was destroyed and then the next one. Rages. They just the lightsaber, I like it I now, only, but. Yeah, the lightsaber I will only, I gave them more too because I was like, to be fair, Ray does need a lightsaber. Yeah, she yeah. does need a lightsaber yeah. if she's going to train. <laughs> to so fair, I understand that part. Ray just needs that. The mask though, I definitely, I agree with. It mm-hmm. does give off like that kind of decision. Um, but I also think like, 
and but also it's like kind of like it's kind of hard to compare because I don't think like anything in Star Wars has held like quite the significance of the dark saber Mm -hmm. you know like it's yeah it's kind of hard but yeah I hope they don't go back on it because I think it was a really cool choice and it was outside storytelling wise yeah Mm -hmm. and it was and most people I think didn't expect I didn't expect it no I didn't expect it either I thought Bo was just gonna like defeat Gideon with Darksaber and that was gonna be like the symbolism of it but Mm -hmm. but I like what they did better to be honest Mm -hmm. and speaking of Moff Gideon (sighs) okay I just have to say I am confused because literally last episode he was making fun of Brendel Hux for his obsession with clones. And then but he this has episode, his own he clones. literally has clones. What two, two plus two is very close to like close to his chest. <laughs> but like even in the second season and during that cloning facility. They were supposed to be Snoke's. Like his theme played throughout the scene. I still thought they were Snoke at first. Me too. Like even in episode seven, him, I was like, like, but I don't understand I why. Really, I, would- I really don't mind the cloning thing. Like he said, like he like I want a force sensitive clone, which to me, that is not terrible because like that's also what Palpatine was trying to do so yeah. I'm like okay you know like that makes sense to me whatever I don't really mind the cloning thing um both in this and the sequels and I kind of like how it connects I should really get why it was him I guess like that's no, my yeah. <laughs> I guess like, like why yeah. Gideon no exactly like I understand <laughs> That even even then, like when he like, dies, does this do for his character? Exactly. Yeah. Like why? Like, look, I understand that his research is probably going to be poached by whoever's on this cloning shtick or like movement in the it's, empire. It's, it's, to it's be like a, a classic classic credit Tarkin situation. So true. <laughs> his research is going to be poached. Classic Death Star. Exactly. It's going to be poached by the cloning scientists who take the research to Exegol and give Palpatine a new clone body. But why Gideon? What does he have to offer? (laughs) And wouldn't Dathan already have to be alive? Yeah, because he's like, what, 30? I... (sighs) I guess we don't know up. how fast Dathan, but does Dathan have accelerating ages, aging like the other clones? I don't, I don't know, but it's so. a possibility because remember the Camino scientists, they got brought on to that. He w- no, okay, he's not born yet. He was born uh, 12 BB. Oh, wait, no, yes. Oh my God. 12 BBY. 12 BBY. So he's, he's alive and well. But <laughs> does he have accelerating aging or is he? No. Oh, because- wait, 12, no, because BBY. 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 Oh, okay. So he is like, oh, He is shit. alive. He like, is like 18, 19-ish. I can't do the yeah. math right now. Like 20, early like 20s. This, this is probably- So he's probably like yeah. escape. He might even be escaping. Yeah. Like he might even like have met- Because we're, uh, we're in Mirror Mirror. BBY, right? Mirror Mirror, yeah. Right yeah. Now. So he's- oh. 
21. Mm-hmm. So, so Gideon must have gotten it from Palpatine then. Yeah. He, he could have. Like, that's the only way. Because I think Pershing has been to Exegol. Like, I maybe don't know if that's confirmed. Make, maybe, maybe if we had gotten Pershing in more than one episode. We, we yeah. can get into that later. Our, I'm our still so mad about that. I also, Hayden, I can't believe that your, oh, he had a mustache and he didn't have a mustache <laughs> might actually lead to like an, a theory. What? Because people are saying that this because he didn't have a mustache, he was a, a mustache, and, he, and none of his clones have a mustache. Oh, that he's a clone, so Gideon gosh. is actually alive. That is hilarious. I'm so which crazy. like I'm conflicted because like one, I think it's cool when villains die and they stay dead, but so true. I literally <laughs> cannot think of more of a wasted actor in all of yep. Star Wars than John Carlo than- Esposito dying in a fireball. Like they they had the villain. The Literally, villain. The villain. And he was barely in the season. He's barely been in he was barely in season two. <sighs> and they like and it's just like the most like wasted potential for an actor also, that I've wait, ever seen. Like how how? I just realized I'm something. Mad. Did we ever get an explanation as to why like there was the part with Carson Tebow where he was like, there's mm. trace amounts of Beskar when they oh, broke him up. Yeah, did, no. we ever, did we ever get No, they didn't explain that. <laughs> I, oh my God. MJ and I discussed it that like on our episode with MJ and Austin, how she was like, it's possible that like he planted the Beskar to like make them believe that the Mandalorians rescued him. Oh, So the wait. New Republic would be mad at the Mandalorians. Wait. But that also doesn't really work because the New Republic didn't even care about I, the Mandalorians. I just realized yeah. something. He his new suit, his new death trooper suit or whatever is made of Beskar. It, it was probably oh, that. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> Never mind, John. We see you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that makes sense. So he just escaped himself. Yeah. He broke himself out. <laughs> uh or like, you know, whatever. Elaine helped him and got him his suit. But then Which it couldn't we, have we we didn't see her really again ever. I know, I'm so sad. We know she's working for Moff Gideon. He's dead now. So is she what does she do? Pretend she's to be gonna part of the she's she gonna part? she's gonna fill the power vacuum. She's the next Moff Gideon. She, like, she's so doing the Kira route, okay? And then and then once again, none of that will matter because, no. because <laughs> Kylo and Fastball will take over. Let her grow boss for a bit, okay? Let no, I guess there's still there is still a lot of years before that happens. So Quite she she can grow boss. Yeah. Maybe she'll have her own little faction. So <laughs> I just want to see more of her. She's my wife. <laughs> my I wife. definitely see her as being wife. a part of the first order. Yeah, I think it would be really cool if she was part of the first order. Cause like she, if she was like in the science division. Because wasn't she at the sign? She was on Mo- no, she was a com- she was on comms. Oh, yeah, she's like you. Oh my god. Oh my god, comms major she's, alien. She's not a woman in STEM, and that's why we like her so much because we are all so not true. In STEM. 
limited humanities she's a gay humanities oh my god she's just like me for real oh my god (laughs) (sighs) um So anyway, I just think that I don't really know. <laughs> Imperial internships that... for comms majors. <laughs> no hiring. So true. So true. <sighs> Anyways, continue. Sorry. I just think it's really unfortunate that the three of us would have been forced to take it if we had been alive in the Rising Empire, <laughs> having to take internships with you. Because <laughs> it looks great on your resume. Oh my Wait, god, us we can... interning for Bail Organa and Mon Mothma. Um, Gina Carlo, I hope that I like a part of me is like, I hope they bring him back just because I feel like his death was, was so wasted. lame. Yeah, and like the thing is, too, I just feel like I like, I really feel like this season of the Mandalorian would have very much benefited from a more consistent villain presence. Oh yeah. It, even if it was just like one scene each episode of Gideon in prison and like him plotting yes. to escape. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it like maybe two minutes max each. Like episode. we literally saw yeah. nothing of him. Basically like <laughs> like Thanos, how like Thanos would show up like at the end of each Avengers. Yeah. periodically to be like i'm plotting and scheming <laughs> <laughs> just like that by the way if you haven't just watched like the marvel that. movie that's exactly what he said <laughs> um i just feel like yeah that would have been better because part of it is like not having him there too also makes it feel like and when a lot of the development between him and Bo happened off screen it feels mm-hmm. weird because you're it's like weird what connection and do you have fighting it's this it's yeah. Boba like, it, versus yeah, Cad under- Bane again oh my yes. god a hundred percent like even we know if we something saw- is there yeah <laughs> like even don't if we what? saw a smidgen of like his trial during the episode with Pershing and Elia Kane that would connect the stories a little bit more or even like security cam footage of him getting broken out of the new republic prison prison transport but we mm-hmm. got absolutely Flashback. nothing exactly Flashback of the first time bo katan encountered him <sighs> the more especially it- weird because i feel like the metaverse actually does flashbacks so well mm-hmm. yeah like the 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 ones with Din and his parents in the beginning seasons, um, Grogu's flashbacks I think have all been pretty solid. Uh, mm-hmm. The whole Tuscan Raiders episode of Book of Boba Fett. Oh my god! Like, wait, most of these flashbacks are brought on by the armor making things. Why didn't Bo have a flashback to Mandalore when she was getting her pauldron made? The pauldron. <laughs> that would have been so good. <laughs> Like, oh my God. I mean, at this point, we should just write the we should just write the next season of The Mandalorian. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, I don't understand why there was like like it's not like this show it has like a no flashback rule. Mm-hmm. Oh, trust me, it does not. <laughs> like, 
but both no i can't have that we can't even mention her sister we can't have women having flashbacks i'm literally getting lightheaded right now i'm getting so angry (laughs) it's like nothing is lining up it's not even following its own precedence that it's set in the first two seasons and the 2.5 season Uh, let's just move on to the armorer because she's slayed in this episode. Also, when they were flying and Bo-Katan and Armor looked at each other, I literally texted Liv, are we interrupting something? <laughs> Those Listen, two women are ma'am? so fruity for each other. The, when they were relighting the forge. When they were relighting the forge, I think that was actually just their marriage ceremony. Oh, yeah. Look at lighting the fire together. That. Hello? <laughs> Squinted eyes. Squinted eyes. I love them. I love reading fan fictions about them as well. <laughs> I think they, that relationship has to be the best thing that came out of the season. Yeah. Because, like, nobody expected it, but it's. It's so good. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I really don't see an issue with her thing, Bo or Din with basically anyone. Cause like, it's mm-hmm. not our fault that they're sexy and just like naturally have a lot of chemistry and like flirt with like almost everyone they encounter. So true. They're it's both not so my bisexual fault. coded. Like, so true. Sorry. Like, it's not my fault that Din aggressively flirts with both Amara and Cobb. Like, what am I gonna do? Just not ship either of them? <laughs> she slayed in this episode, though. She slayed. Like with her, her little sting, or her hammer and her forceps pliers. I don't know. She was just knocking the crap out of those stormtroopers. It made and, me giggle. Once again, slay for proving that, like, she. This whole time she's just been fine. Yeah, she <laughs> like, like I said last episode, my girl just has autism. Leave her alone. Yeah. <laughs> so true. <laughs> she's a touch of the tism. The T in the armor. No, the A in armor stands for autism. Oh my god. Man. <laughs> well, if we're talking about forge lighting Sexy ceremony, people who are not spies. <laughs> Axe Wobes. Yeah. Axe Wobes and the other Mandalorians, I guess. But Axe Wobes. Whoa. I kept waiting for the other <laughs> shoe to drop. Like, at first when he went on that thing and he was like, everyone go get out. I was like, oh no, he's No, like I was like, he's going to call the empire. <laughs> it's so bad. And then he was just trying to, like, sacrifice himself. <laughs> but I'm so glad he flew out at the last minute because I was like, no, I don't want you to die. I like you. You're sexy. Please don't die. Uh-huh. Um, but then he flew out the window. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> Good so for him. him. And he's... He started the four Mandalore chant. Good yeah. for him. Oh. Also, someone brought up yesterday how how having him graying was made him sexier. Balancification. It's the balancification. I'm telling you. So true. 
It's his impact. With every single show that we've talked about, we've talked about the valentification of at least one character. But I do think this is the only time that we've been correct. (laughs) (laughs) No, because, listen, listen. I'm going to Pepe Salvia right now. Graying at the temples. Sexy. Alone. Bisexual. Depressed. Mercenary. What if he adopts um, Paz Vizla's kid? literally the like father adopts son trope or child trope he's literally valance so true second to react to his father dying though not one single moment did we get to see that kid have any sort of reaction oh poor kid (laughs) but i mean he has a sexy dilf now as his caretaker could could have been a sexy dilf we just don't no. He looks like John Favreau. I don't think he's a sexy dilf. Does he? Yes, on his black series. If you take the helmet off, it's oh, John Favreau. I was like, never mind. I was then. like, it's so sad that they recast an actor. Like it wasn't John Favreau this season. And then we never actually got to see him take his helmet off. <laughs> you know who I think should have been Paz Vizla? May he rest in peace. Um <laughs> Winston Duke. Oh, <gasps> Oh, that oh, that would have been like the whole different beast. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> oh my god, guys, that's galaxy brained. Thank you. Now I need, and now I would need Winston Duke as something a, a in Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, something in Star Wars. Oh, him and like a a Mandalorian, like prequel like the like dark saber like founding of the dark saber story <laughs> that's sexy imagine the first time he takes his helmet off <sighs> ambulances would be called <laughs> <laughs> that man oh i, I will not speak <laughs> Bisexuality in a podcast. (laughs) And Emily. (laughs) Speak, Valentina. Speak, Valentina. Hi. (laughs) You'll you'll never catch us saying that. Being gay is an alternative lifestyle. Alternative lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that this podcast participates in. Minus me. You endorse it, though. Endorse, yes. Fully. Oh my God. Emily endorsed. <laughs> Anyways, Pride Month is just around the corner. Oh, if you thought that this podcast was bad during women's history month (laughs) you have no idea until we harness our gay power (laughs) gay magic deep dark gay magic next up on kessel run relay in june an entire episode where i just talk about the domino tag pride cover (laughs) of bounty hunters that's it no Hayden will not be involved Emily will not be involved it will just be me and I'll have Alyssa Wong on and they'll just be sitting there like 
what is wrong with you? Just just live Alyssa Walk at Jessica Chastain. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Hang on. So anyway, other Mandalorians were also there. <laughs> no names, just they were there. Costco was there. Uh, Kosh- she was Costco, she said like a line or two. Proud of her. Um, we had those other Mandalorians uh, that were like, look, vegetation. And we're like, oh, slay. Did we ever get and names for really them? Like I know one was a captain. And That's one of them I was remember. in Breaking Bad. Guess who I learned that from? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. And they're like, look, there's life underground. And it was like a really fun moment that we only got to reflect on for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. It was a good moment, though. It was. It's like yes. Mandalorians will always bounce back. Mm-hmm. You know? Just Damn. Like if only someone ground. knew how to do that. If only someone knew how to write that coherently. <clears throat> anyway, what do we think of the season as a whole? I I think I have to rewatch it now that it's all out. But I mm-hmm. don't think it's very coherent. No. At all. It is all. very, very, very disjointed. And like, look, I love a good break episode where we focus on other characters that like somehow relates to the story. However... You can't dropping, make a season of it. Yeah. Like, dropping a crap ton of lore about the functioning and daily practices of the New Republic and then just not relating it back to anything doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, What else? Like, yeah. It didn't feel very, like, it... There was an overarching plot, but I feel like it didn't have enough time to develop. Mm -hmm. And I said this before, I'll say it again. I think more people, more Star Wars shows should adapt the Andor model. I think that this show could have been really good if it was 12 episodes. It was more consistently 40 to 50 minute long episodes and I think too, like what could have, I think would have also helped is having, like we were saying, things like Gideon sprinkled on throughout, having that one uh, Pershing and Pershing episode not be one whole side episode, but instead something that was split up throughout the season. And also we found out what the fuck happened to Pershing. Why was the Mind Flayer introduced this yeah. episode? Like what, like, you know what was that what was the point of that there was was just to say that the high republic is imperfect because or the new republic is imperfect because that's something that we knew from literally from 2015 like you know what was that specifically trying to say there was just a lot of introduction not a lot of payoff slash use again 
very, very disjointed across the whole season. And yeah. I understand, but I think Bo-Katan's arc was the most consistent thing in the season, if we're being completely mm-hmm. honest. Like that was the rock of this season. But like, what was, and like, I don't really like it when people too try to kind of pull the thing, well, like, well, like you just had your expectations too high or like you're like, you just want, don't want Star Wars to be fun. I like when Star Wars is fun. I love the episodes of Rebels that's Ezra and Zeb doing silly, goofy shit that like doesn't in the end affect the plot. Rebels is also a a way longer season so they can do that. And that's Mm -hmm. also adding (laughs) to their relationship, which ultimately in the end makes him and uh, Ezra sacrificing himself have an impact because you know that Zeb feels the loss of like his little brother, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't feel like, I also feel like the shorter episodes make so like there's way less emotional payoff. Yeah. Yeah. And and the fact that they cut so many decisions short. Din and Rogu settling down is a great thing, I think. It's where the characters was headed. I think it would have been more impactful if they had been separated for longer, if Din had mm-hmm. to figure out what he really wanted from his life. If you know, like Moff Gideon dying, that's fine. Seeing these remnants seeing how ultimately weak these remnants of the empire are because they never reach the full like uh status of the empire is good but not without all the development that it lacked like like and I, I don't really feel like think... I had a lot of expectations yeah I really mm-hmm. didn't it really feels that only Bo no yeah character development this season mm-hmm and she has the benefit of having been in two other shows. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. they didn't have to take time developing certain things. Hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I really feel like it didn't have a lot of expectations. And, like, I didn't expect it to be a huge cameo fest. Mm-hmm. Like but season I don't two. Think- yeah, but I also don't think that it's bad to have the expectation of like feeling like characters had strong emotional development, feeling like the plot is coherent. Like, I don't think that's a mm-hmm. high expectation to have, you know? I feel like none of us had expectations because we knew what of, the season would be. Of, <laughs> no, because coming out of season two, we all thought that season three would be about Grogu training with Luke and whatever Din chose to do but then Book of Boba Fett came out and was like haha just kidding Grogu is actually back with Din so it doesn't give it him minimizes, anything to do it minimizes the sacrifice not really exactly. the sacrifice but the choice that not only Grogu made but for Din to have like coped with the fact that he just lost his kid that he's basically been traveling around the galaxy with yeah and think like this season could have essentially been the same without Grogu because it could have been Bo and Din talking about Mandalore her them having to like you know Din trying to go to the living waters by himself 
him and Bo like becoming friends and like doing all of this and then also having these moments especially since you had Paz Vizsla and his son of like Din longing for Grogu Din realizing yeah. that like he does want Grogu to be a part of his life to be a part to be a Mandalorian with him but also realizing that like he needs to make that decision on his own mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you know having in the end a similar scene where Grogu decides to come back to Din like I feel like it would have been way more impactful had they've been apart for longer definitely and had we seen Din really come to the realization I guess like we see him like missing Grogu but I feel like it would have been more impactful to see him like really reflecting on that and realizing that like what he truly does want is Grogu as his family Mm -hmm. I did like that he finally adopted him yeah like yes like we all knew it was coming but (laughs) like officially Mm -hmm. yeah he's not just some kid that he's carrying around with him it's it's Mm -hmm. his kid now yeah Mm -hmm. but what do we know i do i do enjoy um our five coming back and being a silly little guy he's he's my favorite Okay, I love our our five series droids. They're so cute. Cute. I have one from Droid Depot. <laughs> uh, and I know we talked about this, but the biggest, one of my biggest disappointments this season, where the fuck was the team crease? Yep. Man. Literally. Like not even one mention. And you brought this up last week, but it's literally her creator, the sister who she voice acted with, and someone who went against her, like who played a character that went against her in the Clone Wars. Technically, he's a collaborator. Where was she? How are you on Mandalore? How are you talking about? The dark saber, the thing. How are you holding the thing that killed your sister, and you don't even mention her once? How do you fucking mention your father, but not the sister that you literally saw die in front of you? How are you talking about Jedi that you knew, and not thinking about the Jedi who had a fucking relationship with your sister? I. What about that fucking nephew that you had? (laughs) Oh, he's he's in nowhere. Where'd he go? Is he dead? If he's dead, fucking say that. If he's alive, where the fuck is he? (laughs) And the thing that boggles my mind the most is that the guy writing the show created the characters. Like, it's not... And, like, it's confusing because, like... Yeah, because, like, it's not to me, like... I think some people, like, I think that this situation is different from Padme. And I think yeah. a lot of people, like, I understand the frustration with not mentioning Padme. However, I think looking back on Andor, I don't think there was, like, a real natural place to mention her. This show, mm-hmm. on the other hand, ample opportunity to do it. Not only that, but on top of that, it's hard to swallow with the general lack of Satine Kree's content that has been. You know, it's not like Padme who had an entire book trilogy now dedicated to her life. It's not, or and has been mentioned in other stories, right? There's been no extra Satine content. There's no book, 
no comic, nothing. And also, Julia mentioned this on her um, uh, TikTok, how that's actually really weird, like how Obi-Wan, when that was coming out, they had Brotherhood, Padawan, the miniseries mm-hmm. that came out that, so even if you didn't, Obi-Wan didn't necessarily give you what you wanted, you had these other options for consuming his character, for consuming lore around him, for getting mentions of different characters like Satine, like Cody. The Mandalorian doesn't have that. Why did they not take an opportunity to write a young adult Bo-Katan book? Mm-hmm. It, Why did it, they not take, to write a Bo miniseries? It boggles my mind, truly. No, like even other characters take the opportunity to write an armor miniseries. Do a Bo-Katan book. Do like, and I understand the show is running and like there is certain things that you have to like be aware with the lore, but I also don't think that writing a story about Satine and Bo when they were younger does anything. It doesn't mess with anything that they're doing currently. Mm-hmm. So why not do it? Like, I, it would be easier to swallow if at least there was somewhere that you could turn to be like, oh, well, at least here they mentioned Satine. At least here they acknowledge this relationship. Right now it's just, no. <laughs> There's literally nothing other than the two or three episodes that Obi-Wan yeah. was in the Clone Wars in. And then Satine just, or Bo just reads like an only child, which is fucking weird because in the Clone Wars, there's emphasis on her not being <laughs> it. Like, like the whole reason she wanted to take over Mandalore, if I'm remembering correctly, is to honor her sister. Am I, I think I'm stretching it a little bit, but the whole, like, their whole introduction in the Clone Wars was the conflict between the two sisters of the ruling family. And in the, sh- in the show where we finally get her in live action and she's reflecting on Mandalore's plight to be its own planet, we just get absolutely nothing. It's, it's mind boggling, truly. Like, I don't know. And it's just weird, like, and like I said this on TikTok, like, it, it's once again, like, it just really, to me, is such a good representation of Star Wars's lack of female, oh, oh no, I, sorry, I thought I was, you guys froze, so I thought I was. <laughs> In the ham dimension again. <laughs> In the ham dimension. But it, it just, it feels so representative of Star Wars's lack of close female friendships and like sisterhoods where like Luke is allowed to mourn a mentor that he had for three days three days but Bo-Katan's sister is fucking killed in front of her eyes and we can't get a single like with the weapon that she has in her hand like and we can't get like a single moment of her like reflecting on that years down the road we can't get a moment in the Obi-Wan show of Obi-Wan thinking about how the woman he was literally gonna leave that Jedi Order from died in his arms. Like, weird. (laughs) I just, it's truly insane to me. Like, it's up there with, like, not having Rose and Ray be friends, and, like, it feels like such a simple, it basically landed in their laps, and they were like, no. Mm, Never mind. (laughs) So, 
if we're rating this season, I give it two and a half, three out of five stars. <laughs> I'd give it a three out of five. Um, I would have given it a 2.5, but... Elliot Gaines. No, for the simple inclusion of Lizzo and Jack Black, it gives that extra <laughs> half a star. That's true. Anything with, so with true. Jack Black I, 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 I still think that episode was so fun. It was so fun and silly goofy. I... <laughs> And here's the thing. I I think a lot of it was largely unnecessary for the story as a whole, but I mm-hmm. fucking loved that episode. Exactly. Like yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. Like episodes three and six, if I'm thinking, are probably my favorite episodes. Yeah. It just had an enjoyable vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It was camp. It was so camp. Exactly. Both and both we- of them actually. What is Star Wars if not camp persevering? So true. But anyways, so three three out of five for me. Emily? Yeah, I'd probably go with three of it. I feel like we've been rising. I didn't hate it by any means, uh, but it definitely wasn't my favorite yeah. thing. There's and, some story choices uh, that they made that just make you go, hmm. hmm. Yeah. Or oh. like the meme. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh but it was fine I don't really know like are we getting we are getting Mando season four apparently John Favreau has already written it which tells you a lot of what the season is gonna be (laughs) I don't like party like it was definitely an ending that like I was like it could end here I know I literally thought it was like a series continue and it could be fine or it could but, be like, you know, it could, you know, or it could have been a, it ends, but didn't get the comic series where it's about him being working And not an adaptation Republic. of his stories in the first two seasons, <laughs> which we already know. That's also, I will say, the potential for Mando to end only would have been good because it would have opened up the opportunity to get stories with Din specifically not like without like them being like oh what if we want to change that like we could have gotten like what we talked about before which is like a prequel series of him or like Mm -hmm. just anything else (laughs) just this can kind of be our transition into book club but the fact that they are staring they're staying very 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 far away from new content in the books and comics while also giving like as little as it is giving light to the books and comics in the show it's very, very, very weird. And like the whole retconning Cobb Vance origin thing, I'm still mad about because I think we should mm. treat the stuff that came before as the stuff that came before. It's mm. And apparently there's supposed to be a Mandalorian novel by Adam Christopher that just got canceled out of nowhere. So it's it's just very, very weird that they're staying away from expanding on this universe when they're not expanding it in the show. Yeah. Yeah, like... That's the thing, like, I mean, I have to assume that they haven't announced any Andor books specifically because they're waiting until season two is over to do it, even though I don't really see how you can't do, like, an Andalani Rebels book when (laughs) two, six, or four, six of them died. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't think telling us how Balancenta (laughs) met is going to affect (laughs) 
anything in their journey is going to be uh, like decanonized by anything that they're doing in season two but unless they like already are doing a flashback to that in the show but which slay yeah still (laughs) um but yeah I I mean I hope that maybe with I hope maybe then we'll get more Mando stuff maybe we'll finally get more like a Bo-Katan Booker miniseries if only If only we could get a woman, a woman on a comic series. That's not a mini series. So true. Speaking, Speaking of, of women, women in comic women, series. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Perfect segue. Sana Staros 3. I've said this before. I am absolutely loving this mini series. I wish this happened sooner. And I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. I wish i hope to god that some deus ex machina is going to come down and extend the miniseries into a full ongoing because this is probably some of the best stuff that star wars had like star wars comics has put out in a long time at least for original series because for the past couple years they've been focusing on this kind of kira trilogy that just ended and this miniseries is set i think it's it's still BBY. I'm not sure exactly when, but it's still in like when the Empire's at its height and Afra and Sana have just broken up. So it's very clearly removed from all of that. I just, I'm loving how unique and awesome this story is with its tie-ins to the High Republic, but also what it's doing for Sana and like just the messiness of the Star Wars family. Again, filing over from the High Republic. I'm just, I love it. And this issue was no exception because, oh boy, is it messy. <laughs> um, Diva Lompop is there. Again, another High Republic cor- connection. Harag Scythes are there. Again, another High Republic correction. Co- not correction, connection. Correction. <laughs> it, so true. <laughs> they are just not, they're not not holding anything back. They're just being allowed to play. And I think that is benefiting them. And also the fact that it's the first <laughs> not uh, it's like a kid, a-, a kid playing with their action figures, but in the but it's a, a kid who like sticks to uh, has a very like elaborately planned story. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And who's like Easter eggs and stuff that calls back to the higher public is actually significant and not just like nothing. Because the legacy of the Star Rose family is messy like it just is messy like gira staros messy avon staros apparently is messy because they found her journals and she just disappeared out of nowhere sauna staros messy arisha staros messy grammy staros messy it it just makes for such good storytelling and to have it be written by the first non-man black author is also mind-boggling it i don't know i just a, a lot of people agree with me with this this miniseries should be turned into an ongoing series because sauna was one of the very first original characters um you know introduced in this kind of new era of the marvel star wars title 
And for it to be this long, it's been almost 10 years for it to be this long to get something other than, oh, she was Han's ex-wife slash slash Avra's ex. Whatever. Think what you will. Um, what do you think, Liv? I actually did not read this week's issue because I was so literate catching up on the issues that I've missed for the past few weeks that I forgot that there were there were two comics this week shame Um, but I do I do enjoy this series very much so true and if it has diva lompop I'm sure I will be giving this issue a five out of five (laughs) she's slaying this in, in this series too like slaying as in slay or like murder both or both yes both (laughs) that gets Liv's stamp of approval yes exactly I think she eats another man actually in this issue oh perfect (laughs) looking forward to it moving on to the other comic that came out this week Nameless Terror 2 which I really loved the kind of horror aspect of this and it's kind of like well, it is framed by the Monster of Temple Peak story that that um, Captain Scott started in, you know, Monster of Temple Peak. But to have it be reintroduced and told in this way, when there's obviously a lot of cover-ups by the Jedi Council of stuff that happens in this time, and by Jedi Council, I mean Yoda. Fuck that bitch. Um, it, it's, I think it's, I kind of like it. Mm, no, I can't say that. Anyway, I really like the darker aspects. And it's what I expect from a dark horse story because the whole point of the dark horse stories, you know, back when they originally had the license was that they were a lot darker and more, not not necessarily more original, but a lot more like untamed and uncensored than the Marvel comics because the Marvel comics, straight up crazy like nobody knew what was going to happen and when I was reading it I was still very surprised but I mean it's the nature of the thing because it was written while the movies were still coming out so they had to adapt blah 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 blah. but I again I was disappointed at the Dark Horse panel at Celebration because they basically only revealed higher public stuff that we already knew was happening so this kind of like darker foray back into dark horses like thing quote unquote is very nice and george mann is doing a great job with both the framing story and the story that's happening with um tyoric's master so that's my opinion on nameless terror 2 also the luxury i feel when i pick up the issue i was literally just about to say that it's it's, it's so, so nice. beautiful. It is so nice. And it's not like the Glossy. Citizen Watch ad <laughs> on the back of Marvel Comics. Like this is this is some ASMR, okay? Me tipping tipping my nails on the on the back cover. So it's true. So nice. I love it. I I really liked okay, I also haven't read this one yet, but I really enjoyed the first issue of Nameless Terror like more so than any of the other High Republic comics mm-hmm. so far. So I'm sure that you I- You see, I was going to say that, but I knew people would get mad. But yeah, I but really they won't do... get mad at me because I don't know anything about the High Republic, <laughs> so. 
Whatever. Except now you do. But so a, true. A, a little, but not as much as you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a baby. I'm taking my first steps. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see if you do decide to go back and read all the phase one stuff, how it impacts your perception of phase one. Because yeah. phase one, it yeah. was just a lot of stuff coming at you within like, th- in, within three months, you got like a three books and like five issues of comics it was crazy yeah, that's that's insane that's mm-hmm. why i didn't do it because <laughs> i i'm not literate enough to keep up with that at least for yeah. phase two like it's like more spread I've, out it's okay less. i've only done the the ya books but like and it's less there's only yeah. two of those there's only two adult books i've been keeping up with the comics like i could definitely I, go back and read and i think they adjusted that too yeah and phase three and phase three is also way more spread out which i think is a good idea for like because i think think they learned from it allows people to yeah and i think it allows people to catch up on the other phases and also Mm -hmm. allows people to actually have time to like read and absorb everything yeah Yeah. instead of just like literally running around shoving it down your throat exactly like when fallen star came out two days after it came out i already got spoiled like, bro, some people don't have time to sit down and read a 200, 300, 350 page book in one yeah. sitting. Some of us have school. Some of us have jobs. Some of us have lives. And some of and us also- can read a 500 page book on a plane, though. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, like also like and also just some people don't read that fast. It's like even people yeah. do sit down and like have a lot of time to read. Like sometimes it takes longer. Mm hmm. Well, anyway, I'm just glad that they're taking in, into account those criticisms, but is, because I think now it's getting spread out over a year and a half rather than like mm-hmm. 11 months, which I think is going to be beneficial yeah, not like, only for, oh, continue. Oh, no, I was saying it's like the first book comes out like the end of this year and then we don't get the final adult book until like 2025. Yeah, I think it was March so 2025. Yeah, so it's nice and spread out. And it also is fun because then I feel like it's more fun for fans. Like there's longer, it's more time to criticize or not criticize, yeah. um, come up with theories and all that. Um, mm-hmm. And I also do wonder if it also maybe has a little bit to do with, if I remember correctly during phase one, there was also a lot, there wasn't really any shows coming out. No, because like, it was 2021. But Bad I was going to say was... the Bad Batch, but Bad Batch was airing, but I don't think when the High Republic started, it was. No, when High Republic started, it was early 2021 because... So, I and that was when the Bad Batch came out, but I think, like, yeah. it only came out for part of it, whereas, like, now I do wonder if part of spreading out phase um, three as well comes along with the fact that there is just more on the slate as far as shows Books, go. movies, Yeah yeah like um not so much books but I think the shows at least like you know the fact that we have gotten Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan, Andor, Bad Batch, Mando, more back to black or back to back um Ahsoka's coming out later this year, Acolyte and or again like yeah it's much more they're on it back to a it's a more consistent schedule so that also like affects like the books coming out more in a low a low um 
when maybe like in between stuff versus like having to basically fill the gap (laughs) of yeah I was not as much new Star Wars content yeah I was gonna amend my statement and say not really books because besides Rise of the Red Blade there are no other at least officially announced like Star Wars books coming out this year I think it's San Diego Comic-Con they may they might yeah Return of the Jedi from a certain point of view like Rise of the Red Blade that's it other than High Republic stuff, which is also really, really weird to me because, because I feel like they've been doing a good job with those. Uh... But it, it, it does feel weird. There is a lot less, like I feel like last year we got such a good, because we got Prince of the Scoundrel, Brotherhood. Shadow of the uh, Sith. Shadow of the Sith. Padawan. Padawan. Queen's Hope. Hope, yeah. All yeah queen's hope was there another ya one that i'm forgetting no. or is it was it just the it was just higher public i think yeah but that was like a really and then on top of that there was still uh the higher public stuff the higher public stuff was coming out i guess it did kind of come out in a higher public lull because it was between phase one and phase two but then again it's it, there'll be a lull between phase one and phase three <laughs> I don't know. know. All Uh, I know is that I'm trying my damnedest to be at San Diego Comic-Con so I can get to the Lucasfilm publishing panel. Yes. And actually hear about new things. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. I think it's time for our F1 romance I was just about to say, Emily has an update for us on the F1. (laughs) I had to tell Lemon Hay about this because- this was truly like so insane that like that night I texted I was like I was like I'm just gonna read like a hundred pages or so and then I ended up finishing like more than it was like I was like halfway through the book and I just had to finish it that night um so you know I talked about last time how the girl went to Italy to find her dad and her dad owns this coffee shop so she like starts working there to like try to get close to him and she's basically like scheming how she's gonna tell him she finally tells him and he like freaks out he's like no you're not my daughter like there's no way he runs away she's like devastated the boyfriend goes over to his house and it's like hey what the fuck like you need to like own up to this like she's devastated and he's like no you don't understand there's no way that I could be your dad like I've been I was loyal to my girlfriend at the time she's not my kid but the reason why it's saying that she is is because she's my twin brother's kid and then they were like and he's like okay so get your twin brother out here and he's like and the dad was like the not dad is like I can't he's dead so he's dead (laughs) but then so the boyfriend is like you have to tell her that like the truth and and the dad is initially like, no, you should tell her. And he's like, no, the fuck not. I'm not going to tell her. It needs to come from you. So he's like, okay, I'll tell her. I'll give you a day to tell her. So he like, so, but then she goes over to talk to the non-dad and he's like, I'm your dad. He lies to her fully. <laughs> and she comes back. She's like so happy. And the boyfriend is like, what the fuck so he goes back <laughs> over the dad's house and it's like you cannot like keep this lie up to her like you have to tell her so he tells her finally he's like so now your dad it's your dead twin brother my dead twin brother is your dad sorry 
I lied. Santiago told me like, I had to tell you. And she's like, what do you mean Santiago told you? And she's like, well, yeah, like I told Santiago. So she's fucking pissed because Santiago lied to her. Even though I kind of feel like, I'm not saying, like he did keep it from her for a few days, but also like, is that his responsibility? (laughs) No, it's not. Right, like, like it's not really his job. So anyway, uh, they end up getting back together, so it's fine. But um, and then the uncle is like, "I'll like just tell you about your dad, and like I'll like try to be like an uncle to you." And then they get back together. Um, but that's a truly fucking insane plot twist. Yeah, like I did not see that coming. And like once again, I really want to emphasize how like most of these books are just like relationship and smut books but these (laughs) side plots are real fucking kickers (laughs) also the guy um he had his leg amputated so he wasn't racing an f1 uh his his brother-in-law who is his like romance story was the first book um has designed this like special wheel for him so the throttle is on it so he like starts racing again and then he like goes in front of like the f1 council and is like we invented this steering wheel can like i race again and the f1 council's like yes um slay so he so he gets racing again so slay they're like we need to make sure all people feel like represented in this sport except for women because <laughs> women don't get to be f1 drivers <laughs> but um and and also realize that what is pretty racist like what if the in IRL um what if the driver's dads called Lewis Hamilton who is like I think one of the only like black drivers the n-word <laughs> and like I think he got banned from like the races because of it good <laughs> um but, like there's like you know just but like whatever so he gets to race again um and like all of these books end with like everyone having like a minimum of like two two to three children every single one every single book and the couple who doesn't have kids because he is huntington's they adopt three kids (laughs) oh my god Um, but what a series i would overall i would recommend (laughs) 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 if you're interested I'd kind of recommend, um, also a really big part of this is F1 drivers are like insanely fucking rich because they get paid millions of fucking dollars. So that's another fun element of this book is like just seeing like disgusting wealth. <laughs> <laughs> of like, I mean, that explains like, why they went to Italy on vacation, right? She was poor. <laughs> she had to like <laughs> save up a lot of money for that. <laughs> like that was, uh, but like, he was living in like a nice house and he like buys like f1 like simula- f1 is a fucking expensive sport to get into because you have to like uh do like carding before so like my then and that's why a lot of f1 drivers are nepotism babies because <laughs> their dads are in it and like they can afford to like have them <laughs> race <laughs> um yeah so that's that was that I would kind of recommend it I would they're fun books um they're really easy to read like once again you can finish them like two to three days um and the author has another series which I do own which is just straight up about billionaires succession (laughs) f1 (laughs) yeah it's just billionaires like uh like 
so I mean it's truly the fantasy maybe minus like um thing but (sighs) slay uh and then (laughs) I'm currently reading another historical romance called A Night to Surrender by Tessa Dare I'm trying to read through a lot of uh this author's backlog um it's fun so far good cute um I'm sure they'll like most historical romances. I'm sure there'll be some sort of weird, insane twist at the end of this. So I'm They're looking They're actually to that. cousins. <laughs> They're actually no. The twists in historical romances are always like some sort of injury. Someone is like tuberculosis. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like somebody gets kidnapped and like they're held hostage or like they almost drown or like there's like a forger a forgery explosion there's a fire like it's something like that and it's always like they mention a like a, a seemingly innocuous detail at the beginning and you're like okay that's kind of weird but like whatever and then it's because they're mentioning it because at the end they're planning to bring that back <laughs> i've read probably at least three romances where somebody has been held hostage <laughs> So and had true. to be rescued and rescued by their person and it's almost always a way to get the male protagonist to say i love you <laughs> like in the bridgerton book in the show they do something similar where like kate like is riding a horse and she like hits her head and like anthony's like no i don't want her to die i love her um in the book she is in a carriage accident and she like breaks her leg and she's like trapped in the carriage <laughs> and he's like no you can't die i love you <laughs> Oh um, my lots of people falling off horses. That's another really <laughs> solid one. What's the Star Wars equivalent of that? Of falling off a horse? Um, speeder crash. Know, like you can't... Yeah, yeah, speeder <laughs> crash. Non-fatal speeder crash. <laughs> Just where they're horribly burned and their leg is broken. To be fair, Han and Leia basically, that basically happens to them when Han gets frozen in carbonite. True. He does get kidnapped and held for ransom. Like he gets kidnapped and held for ransom. Some sort of dangerous situation which forces the protagonists to reveal their true feelings for each other. (laughs) The Empire Strikes Back is basically a historical romance. (laughs) So true. Mine, if you if you don't pay attention to Luke's storyline, <laughs> if you just ignore everything that happens with the main character, it's actually historical romance. Historical romance. Hayden, <laughs> your literacy. Oh boy, she has not been faring well. Um, I tried. Listen, y'all. I tried reading the the first couple pages of Battle Scars. Battle Scars. Battle Scars. Battle it's... Scars. I hate to say it, she's not clicking. Words are not working. I also finished the um, Star Wars title from 2013 to, to that ran from 2013 to 2014 from Dark Horse. Uh, tell me why there's a subplot about Luke still being in love with Leia. The in book? the year 2013 exactly empire not empire strikes back return of the jedi had been out for 31 years the issue came out 
on October 4th, 2014. It had to have been in production for at least two to six months. Why are we still having Luke and Leia romance subplots in the year of our Lord 2013, 2014? And like, look, everything else about that story is great. Leia's story is great. It's mainly about her and coming to terms with the fact that the Empire destroyed Alderaan. Like the whole plot is about the rebellion trying to find another planet, which is kind of like what both classic Star Wars and the original Star Wars title were about, but it's a little bit more in-depth because they find out that there's a leak in rebel intelligence, but it's not actually a leak. It's actually a rebellion planet agent who happens to be Bon Mothma's nephew. And then there's like this weird whole like Vader revenge subplot but mostly, mostly it's about Leia and her relationship to the Rebellion and her relationship with Mon Mothma, which is really, really good. But why are we having Luke being jealous of Han and Leia in the year of our Lord 2014? It's just not needed. It's so unnecessary. And the art is mostly pretty good too. I think the artist for most of it is Carlos Dionda. Dionda, I don't know how to say his name, but it's most of the time it's pretty good. But the weird sibling romance subplot that comes along with it, maybe not slay. Oh, also bonus, we definitely got, we got another character he that- said maybe. Maybe? He said Wait. maybe not slay. Oh. I would just say not slay. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> we got a, another character that definitely kissed Leia on the mouth. I think this, this character is kind of like Holdo in a way and where they grew up I was together. Like, Holdo. <laughs> where they kind of Holdo grew up together. Leia on the mouth. <laughs> yeah, she and, did. Yeah. And her name is Saren Song. And I'm positive that her and Leia kissed on the mouth when they were kids. Nice. Um, and weirdly, when I was watching the Mandalorian season finale, I got a weird urge to read the Bounty Hunters Wars books from Legends, like literally out of nowhere. I don't know why, but I think I'm going to abandon Battle Scars, at least for now, and try to read that because Cal. I love you. I, I just can't read your words right now. <laughs> um, Liv, last time you came to us with an amazing literacy update. <laughs> Do you have anything else for us? A slight downgrade, but um, I did read um, High Republic Adventures Volume 1 and then was swiftly told that it's like impossible to, to get volume three so yeah um i will be looking for the back issues when i go to the comic book store on wednesday slay yeah because that might be easier because i don't really want to wait until august when they republish the the omnibus to, to finish the story i want to know what these gays are up to you know <laughs> so true so yeah so valid i'm also thinking of getting a a book but which book i don't well wouldn't you like to know oh (laughs) get lost (laughs) 
Um, okay, anyone have anything else to add? Slay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, the one noise that R5 makes in that the last episode of Mando, it's the same noise that he makes on um, Rise of the Resistance. Which because we will be R5, going to. It's an R5 droid driving the little the little ride vehicles. <laughs> yeah. We can so visit him in August. Yeah. So true. I also like how the, the mouse droids that was have funny. sirens on them and he just like, <laughs> kicked them off of the, the bridge. So true Star Tours reference. So true. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, well... that's my theme park tangent for today. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode and for being patient with us as we navigated the month of March and April. Um, and next week, we will be pushing back our episode two days to May the 4th because I kind of forgot that yeah. we had a Star Wars a holiday during that week <laughs> and we will be having a special we haven't exactly worked out the kinks yet so we will not be telling you what kind of special it is but you will see if you listen to us next week on may 4th um additionally we will likely be sending out a sticker interest form for some of our leftover stickers from celebration a couple weeks ago i was supposed to do that last week but i got way too busy and did not so that will likely be going out this week you can follow us on our social medias, which will be linked again in our description. Please email us. You know, we love our listener questions. We love our listener questions. Um, thank you all for listening and may the force be with you. <laughs>